I'm Tisha Bader and in the news, a look at how the media handled the recent conflict between Israel and terror group Palestinian Islamic Jihad, what it got wrong, what it got right, and Israel's efforts to get the truth out there. Well, to help us answer those questions is the new executive director of Honest Reporting, Gil Hoffman. Honest Reporting aims to help ensure that truth and integrity in the media, particularly as it impacts Israel. Up until taking on this new role, Gil was the chief political correspondent of the Jerusalem Post, and he now leads the development and management of Honest Reporting's programming, media corrective services, and more. Gil Hoffman joins us now from Jerusalem. Gil, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure being with you. So on your website, you have a really uh, wonderful video talking about the three ways you say in which the media got things wrong with this latest situation, beginning with the context, which is always so incredibly important and often completely ignored. When things really started with terror attacks earlier this year, can you talk about that and give us that background? Sure, there were a spate of terrorist attacks that began in March in cities across Israel that murdered Jewish, Christian, and Muslim Israelis. And they were emanating from Janine. Uh, the terrorist leaders commanded them from there. And so you can't look at what's going on right now as if these arrest of the head of Islamic Jihad or the elimination of the terrorist leaders that happened a week ago started what's going on. It, have to, it needs to be put into perspective of what happened back then in March, that Israel was taking steps to prevent more innocent civilians, more Jews, Christians, and Muslims from being murdered. And it did so effectively in uh, this uh, operation, but unfortunately, too many media outlets around the world did not frame it in that necessary context. And it is so important, as you said, the starting point, where you choose to start the story, where you choose to begin, because as you said, without that context, you're hearing people just say, oh, Israel went into Janine, arrested the head of Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and then X, Y, Z happened. Or Israel went into Gaza and took out leaders of Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and then these next things happened. So it is so critical to begin where people can understand the context of something like this, especially in a situation where it appears that Israel sort of made that first move going into Gaza, which is really not, not the case, as you mentioned. Exactly, and uh, that wasn't the only mistake that they made. They really portrayed this too often as a both sides uh, attacking the other, uh, when really this was Israel acting to stop these attacks on civilians by going into Gaza, targeting only terrorists, doing everything possible to avoid civilians from being harmed more than any army in the history of mankind and more effectively than Israel ever has before. Uh, as I hope has been reported around the world, there were more civilians who were killed by rockets that were misfired by Islamic Jihad than were killed by Israel while Israel was doing everything possible to minimize those civilian deaths. The fact that that happened, despite the huge difference in firepower between the IDF and the Islamic Jihad is absolutely incredible and shows the great lengths that Israel takes in order to prevent innocent people from being hurt. And you talk about that 
of how Palestinian Islamic Jihad firing rockets indiscriminately into civilian areas in Israel to maximize civilian casualties, whereas Israel, the IDF, really tries to minimize civilian casualties. And the IDF, in fact, shared critical video showing in particular the, the, the really tragic um, story of what happened in the Jabalia refugee camp where several children were killed among other Gazan civilians. The IDF then sharing video showing that it was in fact a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that fell short, landed in Jabalia, and also saying there was no IDF forces. There were no IDF forces in that area at that time. This is something that was reiterated and introduced at the United Nations also by Israel's ambassador, Gilad Erdan. How important is having that proof, really, that evidence? And does it, you know, I do think there were several fairly large media outlets that did carry that story, but how much do you think did it impact media in general and help show what actually happened in that specific case, at least, that we're talking about Jabalia? I think it had a huge impact on Israel winning the media war in Gaza, and we absolutely have to give credit to the IDF for learning lessons from the past. In the past, it would have taken a month for them to investigate, then maybe another month for them to agree to release the video. You never know. It could harm people. You know, they always put security first. They want to harm the soldiers in action. They would always say, and because of that, uh, Israel would lose. Uh, that's what happened time and time again. And here, instead of having to wait a month, they waited minutes. That's all. And they released the video. They proved that it couldn't have been the IDF. They didn't just say we weren't there. Uh, they, they proved that they weren't there, and they proved that it was Islamic Jihad that did it. And you know what? Even a year ago, when there was another operation in Gaza, you had all kinds of celebrities who were accusing Israel of murdering children. They, they posted pictures of the children. Well, this time they were silent because it wasn't Israel that did it. it. It was terrorist groups in Gaza, and I guess criticizing them uh, on Instagram and Twitter isn't as uh, important to these celebrities as getting a chance to uh, attack the only Jewish state. But of course, we did still see a lot of anti-Israel sentiment on social media. There was a rally in New York City um, on Monday, I believe, in front of the FIDF headquarters in New York, in New York um, again, claiming that, you know, that Israel is, is targeting children and killing children and, and repeating that narrative, despite the fact that you have this video evidence. How do you how do you reconcile? How do you answer that? You know, there will always be people who hate Jews and who single out the one Jewish state, which is part of the IRA definition of anti-Semitism that's passed in more than 30 states, singling out the one Jewish state. Um, but you know what? Despite that, we actually saw better coverage of Israel in this conflict than any conflict in Gaza in recent memory, going all the way back to Israel's withdrawal from Gaza. Uh, I think that the, the media central component of honest reporting deserves some credit for it because there were five briefings with security officials that were quoted heavily around the world that uh, also gave people the uh, right story. And uh, we're going to continue to play our part in honest reporting. And of course, any civilian loss of life is is tragic. And Israel, you know, repeatedly says it really tries 
as you mentioned, beyond probably any other army in the world to minimize that as much as possible. But again, the context of why Israel went in, attacked these Palestinian Islamic Jihad leaders, that there was an imminent threat against Israel. Again, that's another tricky part of the story because that wasn't publicized so much because of intelligence and other reasons. Israel prevented what could have been a horrendous attack but since it, it took this preventative action, a lot of people, again, what they're seeing is Israel's aggression. Look, we hope that the people in Gaza and the people around the world realize that Israel is doing its best to prevent their harm. Unfortunately, it's harder when American media outlets employ stringers from Gaza who are very anti-Israel. And we at Honest Reporting discovered that the stringer employed by the New York Times, who contributed to many articles about Gaza, is an open supporter of Hamas and uh, who praises Hitler on social media and calls for murdering all Jews, including the elderly. Uh, this is what we're up against, and the people need to understand that, and that's why I'm so thankful that honest reporting exists. What do you do in a situation like that when you find out that information? What, what steps can you take? Uh, highlight it to the world. I, I've been in touch with media outlets in New York, with leaders of American Jewish organizations to make sure that they don't get away with it. And that's what we're going to continue to do. We're going to fight the fight. It's an uphill battle. It's a challenge, but we can't afford to not win. Gil Hoffman, thank you so very much for, for sharing your experience and the work that Honest Reporting is doing. We appreciate it greatly. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Gil Hoffman is executive director of Honest Reporting. We thank him for his time here on JBS. And we now turn the conversation over to Shaharazani. Thank you, Tisha. To learn more on this important issue, this time from the government side, I'm thrilled to have with us Lior Hayat, head of Israel's National Public Diplomacy Directorate. As was evident during the recent operation in Gaza, Breaking Dawn, the state of Israel has continuously improved on the media front, and much of it is thanks to the efforts of Lior and his colleagues. Among his many roles, Lior, a veteran diplomat, served as Israel's Consul General in Miami, as well as Israel's Foreign Ministry spokesperson until recently. Lior, it's a pleasure to have you with us today on JBS. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Shachar, and shalom to everyone from Jerusalem. Indeed, exciting. So I'd love, first of all, to, for the sake of our viewers, can you give us a few words about what is Israel's National Public Diplomacy Directorate? What is it and what does it include? What do you do? It's a great question. And actually, the answer goes back to 2007, a few months after the Second Lebanon War. The Israeli government understood that in order to be very precise and very united regarding the messaging that the state of Israel sends uh, both to the Israeli public but also to publics abroad, we have to create a, some kind of a unit to, to coordinate the different uh, players uh, in the, the field of public diplomacy or Hasbara if you, uh, you want to call it like that. Uh, the, this directorate is uh, actually active since 2007. It has changed a little bit uh, throughout the years. Obviously, the communication has changed toward in the last 15 years, and there are a lot of effects that we see now. Uh, one example is uh, social media that is uh, very 
It was very new back in 2007 and now is one of the main uh, scenes of uh, public diplomacy. And uh, the, the idea is to sit with all the main actors, uh, such as the IDF uh, spokesperson unit and the MFA, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Ministry of Defense and the uh, different uh, actors and to coordinate the uh, message to coordinate the uh, timing, uh, to work together in order to close uh, the, the circles that we have. And I'll give you a few examples in, the, in a few minutes, but if, in order for your audience to understand actually what I'm saying, uh, the head of the public, the National Public Diplomacy Directorate is like the uh, coach of the dream team. All the players knows, know, uh, knows exactly what to do, and my role is just to tell them who's got the ball, who's going to be on the court. Is is this time for defense or offense? But the idea is to give, a, to play together, and to see that each one brings each talent or is a part to the team play. You know, um, as you speak, I can see before me the vision of the prophets. You know, we all out there in Israel and outside of Israel are hoping to see this kind of coordinated effort. And the truth is that we have seen Israel on an upward trajectory when it comes to the way it's dealing with the media. But I want to ask you, fighting for Israel in general on the media front is always challenging. I can only imagine how hectic it's been for you during the recent operation. Share with us some examples of the work that you've done during Breaking Dawn. Actually, it started even before uh, the military operation started. Uh, on Thursday, when the tension was very high and we understood that the, even the Israeli public is not really clear on what's going on, I decided to go myself to uh, the area uh, the surrounding of uh, the Gaza Strip and to t talk to the media from there, telling them what exactly what we're planning. We're trying to get uh, the, the Islamic Jihad to uh, uh, stop aiming on Israeli uh, civilians in that area and to bring peace back or the peaceful uh, atmosphere back to uh, this region that was under a, a direct uh, a, a aiming from or a threat from uh, the terrorists of the Islamic Jihad. Uh, the day after when we decided that, uh, uh, or we saw that the Islamic Jihad is not willing to take a step back, uh, the idea was to uh, strike first, strike hard, to get the exact terrorists that are aiming at Israeli uh, civilians and to hit them first, including the ones that are sending them to uh, uh, those uh, terror attacks. Uh, we understood first that it would uh, mean that the tension will raise and that there will be uh, rockets fired from the Gaza Strip towards Israeli civilians. Uh, we had to prepare the Israeli uh, uh, people for a few days of uh, tension or of combat, uh, and we did. And the, one of the main events in that uh, during the three days of the operation was on Saturday night in uh, uh, Jabalia. Uh, we saw that uh, 
in the foreign media actually for first that there is an event there there is an accident or there is an attack that uh, at least four kids were killed this is a terrible uh, footage was uh, broadcast from there and we understood that this event might be a, a public diplomacy catastrophe and it could definitely a, a change the course of the military operation, but it could also create a, a, a international policy a, a dilemma for the state of Israel and the decision makers. So we had to strike a, a fast and to answer as a, with a, our own information. We a, sat with the IDF spokesperson and the uh, people from the Shin Bet, and we found out that not only Israel is not to blame because we did not attack there at this time, but we could show definitely that the Islamic Jihad uh, shot that missile, it fell short, and it uh, actually hit a family in the uh, neighborhood of uh, Jabalia. Less than an hour and 10 minutes after the first uh, uh, images came out of the Gaza Strip, we, uh, uh, we took a minister from the cabinet meter, uh, meeting, a uh, minister Hilly Trooper, and he came out from that meeting and he spoke to the cameras and said, it's not us, it's them. We sent, uh, re released uh, quite quickly after that, in a press release, and we even gave a video from a, the a, a prime minister's a foreign press a advisor, Karen Ajayov, that later on was a, shown on different a, channels, saying exactly that me message. It's not us, it's them. The, the next step was to tell people in Israel, in the Gaza Strip, but also abroad, that 20%, almost 20% of the missiles that the Islamic Jihad is firing on Israeli civilians actually fall short, fell short and hit the Gaza Strip. And they are to blame for the majority of the civilians that were injured and killed during breaking down operation. You know, um, the, the propaganda and what we call the industry of lies works full time and full throttle ahead. And it's downright encouraging to listen to you and how quickly you were able to respond to uh, the lies that would have been undoubtedly disseminated quickly um, by uh, uh, the uh, Islamic Jihad in the world media, as you say correctly, um, emanating in resulting in pressure on the policymakers in Israel. So you were able to respond in an hour and 10 minutes. Exactly. And time, time is everything in this kind of a uh, situation, because if, if we came with an answer a day after, right. the narrative would have been already written. We came very quickly. And, and the most important part was that we could say that it's not us. We are not saying that we're checking the situation. We're not saying that it's, right. uh, it, it's still unclear. We're saying in a very clear manner, it's not Israel, it's the Islamic Jihad. They are to blame. And I think that as far as the Israeli uh, public diplomacy uh, 
apparatus, this is a, a unique opportunity to show how quickly we can close those circles, how quickly we can work together, and how quickly we can actually take a situation that might have been a catastrophe and made it in a, a positive a, a situation for us, taking into consideration, and I must say that, that it's a terrible event. Four kids were killed, and every life that of, a, a, of a civilian, especially kids, is, it's a heartbreaking uh, a reality, uh, but it's an, an important message to say that Israel is doing everything in its power to prevent civilians for, uh, from being uh, affected by the conflict, while the Islamic Jihad is uh, trying to hurt civilians both in Israel and in the Gaza Strip. And more, even more than that, every missile that J the Islamic Jihad or the terrorist organization are launching from the Gaza Strip to Israel is actually a double war crime. On one side, it's aimed on civilian, which is a war crime, and the other side, it's been launched from uh, the cities and the towns in the Gaza Strip, which is a another war crime. If we're talking about 1,100 uh, missiles that were launched during the operation Breaking Dawn from the Gaza Strip towards Israel, we are talking about 2,200 uh, war crimes that were committed in just three days. A very important point. And yet, even though uh, you, Israel was able to showcase um, in this instance and in others, we hear of the incident when a UN official dared to go on social media and criticize Islamic Jihad for risking their own civilians and bringing about so, so many casualties and so much suffering, that official is uh, find themselves out of their job? Well, it's a very sad uh, reality when the UN actually uh, punished one of the, the, the workers for, uh, for saying the truth and from blaming terror organization from causing the, the damage to the people of uh, the Gaza Strip. The civilians in the Gaza Strip are not our enemies. We are trying everything in our power in order to prevent civilians from being hurt during the conflict. While the other side, the, the, our real enemy, the terror organization, the Islamic Jihad, is doing everything in its power to hurt, especially civilians. And I think this, uh, the Operation Breaking Dawn is sent a clear message to those uh, terror organization, is, organizations in, in rural. Israel will take uh, all the manner, uh, uh, everything in its power to uh, stop those terror organizations from creating a chaos on the Israeli side of the border and to put the Israeli civilians that live in the area close to the Gaza, Gaza Strip as uh, uh, hostages in the hands of terrorists. Right. Lior, I want to ask you um, just quickly before we, uh, we conclude, your relationship with the foreign media as a state of Israel, and of course, the fact that you stand against terrorists who, you know, who lie is a, is a way of life for them. How do you cope with that imbalance? Because you almost know for sure what's going to come out of their side is propaganda and lies. And then on the other hand, you have to fight with it with all of the credibility and honesty that you have to deal with. So how do you work with such imbalance? 
I think that uh, after over two decades of working with the uh, foreign media uh, in Israel and abroad, uh, my expectations from uh, the foreign media uh, is to understand uh, exactly who is standing on which side of the border. Uh, we, we've learned over the last weekend that Hamas sent a, a very very clear line of or the uh, orders to the foreign media not to talk about uh, missiles that fell short, not to talk about missiles that were shot from a, a civilian centers in the Gaza Strip. If every journalist that uh, plays along with what Hamas's uh, uh, orders are is actually cooperating with this uh, reality. Uh, it's very unfortunate. We have seen that uh, most of the journalists that knew about those orders did not, and I repeat, they knew about it and they did not tell their audiences what happens, which means they understand that there is a part of what's going on in the Gaza Strip that they will not, or the reality in the Gaza Strip, that they will not report on. And this is basically making a, or creating an imbalance in the reporting between Israel from one side, a democracy, the only democracy in the Middle East, and on the other side, a terror organization that controls even the foreign media through those orders. So Lior, just to conclude, um, so that people are able to follow the truth, where do you recommend they should go to learn the facts, whether it's about such operations or in general? What source of information do you recommend? First of all, I invite everyone to follow me on my Twitter account. It's at Lior Hayat. And I'm a, a, I think that the main a, a sources should be the Foreign Ministry, Israel MFA, and also IDF spokesperson. They are very accurate. They are uh, they have this information uh, in no time, and you can actually see the reality on the ground through the official accounts of Israel on the social media. Well, thank you very much. Um, I think this is a very valuable information for all of our viewers and for everyone who seeks the truth and justice. I'd like to thank you for joining us today, Lior. It was fascinating to learn about your mission and we will make sure to follow you, not just on Twitter, but everywhere else we can. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Aha. And I want to thank you for the work you're doing, for sending the word of Israel, the word of Israel abroad, this is so important. I think that uh, we have to uh, see the efforts of the Israeli public diplomacy, not only in Israel, but abroad. We want people to speak uh, the word of Israel and to talk about what Israel is doing to prevent such a, a conflict. And when we are in a conflict, to prevent any civilians from being hurt. That's truth to power in the service of justice. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golub, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In the News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shahar Azani. Until next time, see you soon. Shalom and let's go.